0: Merry Christmas, Christmas. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson, thank you all for being here tonight, whether you're in person or joining us online, uh, we've been, as Pastor Lindsey said, in four weeks of Advent longing for this moment to celebrate the birth of Jesus, and here we are, so thank you all so much for choosing to come out in this cold weather and uh, come together to worship God uh, on his birthday. Uh, I'm wondering tonight how many planners we have in the room that when you know something's coming up like a holiday or a vacation or just the meal, we have a backup plan. <laughs> How many of us are planners in the room? You ready? You get all the details. You have to know everything that you're doing, that kind of stuff. How many of us like to wing it? We don't need plans. We fly by the seat of our pants. We're going to get it done. The Holy Spirit's with us and guiding us. No sweat, no problem at All right. So some of us are like that, and so I see, I think, in some families, you have a little bit of both, and you guys are kind of elbowing each other, saying, yeah, he's talking about you, right? So tonight, we have some people that are, you guys are at ease, you have all the gifts under the tree, you know where you're going right after the service, whether you're going to go to some family, or you've got a reservation for dinner, you know, no worries at all, and some of us here tonight are going to say, you know what, whenever the... This ends up, that's great, we'll just go across South Park Mall, finish buying my gifts, no problem, don't need any reservations. There's plenty of restaurants around here, we'll find something to eat. It's all going to work out and be good, right? So, we've got some planners, we've got some people that wing it, uh, and here we are. We've been ready, waiting, planning to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And my question tonight is, are you ready for Jesus? Are you ready for Jesus in your life? Are you ready for Jesus to change your life? Are you ready for Jesus to help you? Are you ready for Jesus? Because that's why we're here tonight. And we're going to dive right into the scripture and we're going to see that very first Christmas where Joseph and Mary had all kinds of crazy things going on. So let me read this to you from Luke's gospel. It might sound familiar, it might be new to you, but uh, this is why we're here from Luke's gospel. Uh, We're going to jump right in. Luke 2, 1 through 3. While they were there the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room for available for them. Right so as we think about how we prepare for Christmas I'm just trying to think Mary and Joseph what it must have been like for them. You know, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this angel shows up and says, hey, God's chosen you to be the parents of Jesus, the Son of God, God himself, and no, you're not married yet, but Mary, you okay with doing this? Joseph, you okay with doing this, right? They didn't have much time to prepare for that sudden appearance by the angel. Mary seemed to handle it a little better than Joseph. She's like, yeah, I'm in with that. I'm glad. I'm honored to be like the mother of Jesus. And Joseph kind of stalled a little bit till Gabriel kind of talked him through that, and and it all came about. So then they had, you know, the nine, ten months to get ready for the birth of Jesus. And we see in scriptures that Mary went to spend time with her cousin Elizabeth, who was also pregnant, you know, in the supernatural means and ways and abilities. And so I'm thinking they were getting ready for that birth. But then the the ruler, the ruler of Rome, kind of threw him a curveball. He kind of controlled all of the world and said, I need you all to go back to your hometown to have a we're gonna have a census. And so You know, we need you to do that. Mary and Joseph had to go, you know, a a long way to do this on a donkey. Mary's all the way pregnant, getting ready to have her child. And, you know, six, seven, maybe a whole week, six, seven days to do this in the middle of a rocky desert. And, you know, no car, no train. They couldn't call ahead. And so maybe no place for them to have accommodation. And so we know the story. So Joseph and Mary weren't as prepared as maybe they had hoped to be. But it all worked out. Because it was God's divine plan, and they were willing to go along with that. And we, of course, now are here celebrating the birth of Jesus. Are you ready for Jesus in your life? Are you ready for God in your life? And, of course, tonight we are honoring Jesus on his birthday. And so one of the customs that we have, which Pastor Lindsay uh, spoke about a little bit earlier, is that we take up a gift for Jesus every year, right? Because it is Jesus' birthday. And, you know, I ask the question sometimes, well, why do we get all the presents on Jesus' birthday when it's not our birthday, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of Christmas presents under our tree at home. We're going to open those tomorrow. We're super excited about that. But shouldn't we give Jesus a gift because it's his birthday after all? Well, what do you give God, right? What do you give Jesus, who has everything already? What we do traditionally here in our congregation is we take up an offering and we give it to God, to Jesus. And we give it away 100% to other ministries or other nonprofits in the area that we believe are doing the work of God. And this is our way of saying, happy birthday, Jesus. right? And so uh, this year, I invite you to think and pray about being a part of our Christmas offering. Uh, We're taking up the offering tonight, and we're going to give it away 100% to three different ministries that we believe in. The first of those is another church. It's a United Methodist Church like our church, and it's in Asheville, North Carolina, and it is a church uh, for homeless people made up by homeless people. And it's amazing. It was founded by the current lead pastor, Pastor Brian Combs, who grew up in our church, in this congregation. So this is where he went to Sunday school and youth group and learned to love Jesus. And he has such a heart that he's transforming the streets of Asheville by letting the people who are homeless and addicted to drugs and alcohol know that God loves them and they're very special. And so we want to take up this offering, and a third of it's going to go to Haywood Street Congregation. Pastor Brian's going to be with us in February to preach. I'm looking forward to seeing him, and he's looking forward to coming home. And just want to show you a couple of things that Haywood Street Congregation does. We've got a couple of slides here that kind of outline their ministries. There's some pictures. They have a downtown welcome table, which is basically they feed uh, all of the homeless uh, in Asheville that can come uh, a meal every day. They sit down to white linen cloths and silverware, and they're treated with dignity and respect, like everyone else uh, is treated. Uh, that they're not usually treated that way, so it's very special. Uh, there's a, a Haywood Street Respite, which is for people who are homeless. They've been in the hospital, they get released from the hospital, but they have nowhere to go, and some of them need continued care that they can't afford, and so. They go into this respite. It's a warm place to sleep and recover, and they have medical personnel, uh, and so it's changing people's lives so people don't have to go right back into the hospital or, worse, die. Um, They do worship with uh, the folks every day. Uh, There's like a salon. You can get your hair cut, get cleaned up, that kind of stuff. They have a community garden, and the next slide shows you that they're also working on affordable housing. Right? They're trying to help solve some of the problems themselves by getting those folks who are homeless into their own homes that they can afford. Right, So when we give to God tonight through the Christmas Eve offering, uh, your money is going to go to support Haywood Street Congregation and doing some amazing things for people uh, led by Pastor Brian Combs who grew up in this congregation. The other two things that we're going to support from uh, our Christmas offering tonight uh, are both local here in Charlotte, and they are groups, uh, nonprofit groups, that fight against human trafficking. You might not know that Charlotte's number one in the state of North Carolina in the top 10 in the nation in human trafficking. And I, by that I mean modern day slavery, buying and selling human beings, mostly women and children, for sex. And it's not something that we're proud of as a city. And so our church feels a strong responsibility to do something about that. And so we support two local nonprofits who fight against human trafficking. Uh, the first is Justice Ministries. Mark Blackwell is their director. Here is a picture of their logo. And I asked Mark, why do you have a buffalo as your logo? And he said that buffalo, when they sense something in the herd, like a, a young buffalo or something's under attack or, or sick or not doing well, get in the form of a circle around the injured animal with their horns and their heads pointed out. It's a, it's a series of defense. And Mark says that's what we do to these women and children who've been trafficked. And we we get them and we put them in a safe house, in a safe place, and we defend them. And we talk to them about Jesus. And we talk to them about helping get their lives back on track. And so they've helped thousands of people over the past 10 years get into a safe house, get their life back in order, and hear the good news of Jesus. And so our gift to Jesus will also support Justice Ministries. And then the third and final group that we're going to support also is here in Charlotte, Dahlia Grove. It also fights against human trafficking, and I've got just a real brief video to show you some of what they do. Check this out.
1: The meaning of a Dahlia flower is to draw upon inner strength to make a lasting change in your life and to chart your own path. And that's so pertinent to what we do as an organization to help these women grow and find that strength inside themselves. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Gail Smith, and I am the founder and executive director of Dahlia Grove. Dahlia Grove is a 501c3 nonprofit working with women in recovery from human trafficking, prostitution, domestic um, abuse, and sexual trauma. We're a four-phase program where they can live rent-free for two years, where their number one job is to work on recovery and healing. Many of the women that come to us have lost their voice, lost their ability to hope or to dream that life could be different. We seek affiliates to help these women with education, um, mental health, all their appointments for their eyes, their dental. Um, We reach out to the community to just get um, the love poured into them as far as what they need. Every woman's different what they need at the time they come into the program. So we need volunteers. We need people that's going to help us build this program up to what it needs to be. I have taught these ladies life skills such as how to set boundaries, what to let into their life, and what to keep out. Um, I have taught these lady how to distinguish safe versus unsafe people. And uh, what is okay to let into their life and what is not okay. Because we do what we do, we're breaking that cycle of drug abuse, sexual trauma, and jail. And then they get out and they do the same thing. And so we're breaking that cycle Your volunteering and your donations are literally changing lives. So I ask you to give what you can because we need your support to survive.
0: Doing amazing work in our city to help people get out of the worst circumstances that that we can imagine. So we get to support them. Uh, just a couple of ways I'll show you that, that your money will go to help people. Uh, for every, like, $250 it's given, that gives bus passes for two women for a month, uh, gets them to treatment, uh, transportation to doctor's visits to the grocery store, uh, needs supplies, emergency purchase of clothing and personal needs. Um, then the next slide has a gift of $500, uh, provides prescription medicine for four women for a month a uh, monthly stipend for four women to be in, in the safe house, a week of counseling for four women, prostitution recovery class for a month, uh, college book for an entire semester, uh, and catering uniforms for four women. Uh, if we give $1,000, that's groceries for four women for an entire month. Uh, the needed expense for fall and spring retreats, renewal retreats. Uh, they have match funds for graduate investment account upon a, a resident's graduation. Uh, and then a gift of 2500 provides monthly rent and utilities uh, and continuing education for staff and residents. So when we pool all of our money together, we can really make a difference. So I just encourage you to think and pray about supporting uh, the Christmas Eve offering tonight. Uh, if you feel like to do that, you can do that online on our website, southparkchurch.com, and there will be a place where you just type in Christmas offering. Or if you have gifts with you, there's a box right back here. I'm looking straight at it. It's a brown box. It's got a cross on top of it. And you can just drop your offerings in there. And we will add that to the Christmas offering. But thank you for thinking and praying about that. Now jumping back to the first century when people were preparing for Jesus and for the Messiah to come. Uh, John the Baptist, which was Jesus' cousin, that was his role. He was chosen by God to prepare Israel for Jesus' coming. And when John was a young man and he was out preaching in the rocky desert, uh, he was trying to get people to turn to God. And he kept talking about the Day of the Lord, which shows up in the Bible in a lot of places. I wanna show you uh, here some of the Old Testament books. These are prophets, spokespersons for God. They have their own books in the Bible. Uh, The Day of the Lord's mentioned by Isaiah, Ezekiel, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Zephaniah, and Malachi. A lot of people in the Old Testament, right? So John the Baptist is also a prophet, a spokesperson for God, and he's a prophet. And what is the day of the Lord? It's the day of judgment. It's when we stand before God and we are held accountable for the way that we've lived our lives. Are we with God or are we not with God? And so John was trying to get people ready to say if you're not with God, it's not too late. It's okay to turn to God, right? And he used the word repent, which comes from a Greek word, metanoia, we can see here up on the screen. It means to have a change of mind that leads to a change of heart that leads to a change of behavior. But actually... In your own life, it might have a different order. You might change your mind before you change your heart, or change your heart before you change your mind. But I think the point is that we change our mind and we turn and we turn back to God, right? Something's not right in our life, we're missing off on something. John says it's not too late. Turn back to God. And that's what he encouraged people to do. He baptized them. It symbolized washing them of all their guilt and shame, that kind of stuff. And People began to wonder, well, maybe John is the Messiah. Maybe he's the one we've heard about. And this is what John says in reply to that in the scripture. In Luke chapter 3. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I, that's Jesus, will come, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But he will burn up the chaff in unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John extorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. He says, I'm not the Messiah. I'm just preparing the way for him, but, but Jesus is coming, right? He's gonna be better than me. I'm not even worthy enough to untie a shoe, right? And so get ready, the day of the Lord is coming, right? The end of time's coming, judgment's coming, right? You wanna be ready for Jesus because when Jesus is here, he's gonna say, are you with me or you're not? Are you with me or you're not, right? And, and Jesus is not gonna make any of us go with him if we don't want to. He wants us to be with him, he, wants, he loves us, he came, but it's our decision. So, John is saying, Get ready. Now, of course, Jesus comes. The end of time doesn't come. It hasn't happened yet, right? Some other things are happening. But we still have the same thing that John's talking about, right? Are we ready for Jesus, right? When we meet Jesus, right, at that judgment day, are we ready? Will he say, Welcome into the kingdom of heaven? Right? I know you and you know me. Or will we stand before Jesus and say, I'm sorry, I, I don't know who you are. I'm not ready. Are we ready? For Jesus, right? Because that's why Jesus came. He, he knows that we are created in God's image, which means we're good. There's so much good inside of us, and that's awesome, but we also have the gift to choose, right? And sometimes we choose poorly, and we make bad decisions, and we hurt ourselves, and we hurt other people, and we experience guilt and shame, and we experience broken relationships, and and so we understand, you know, this, this sin, this wrongdoing, this guilt, and this shame, and this, we're going to die one day, and we're going to experience hell, which means broken relationships, right? You don't have to die to experience hell. And Jesus said, that's not what I, what I want. And so he left heaven to become a baby, and that baby grew up to become a man who taught and loved and prayed and preached and healed and did miracles. And then he died on a cross, and he came back to life so that you and I, Can turn back to god where we are wrong we can be forgiven our guilt and shame can be taken away and replaced with joy and peace and life to the full that's what we celebrate the good news tonight is the gift of jesus that we can turn back to god and it's not too late are you ready for jesus have a personal relationship with jesus have you turned to him and said i believe in you lord please forgive me welcome me into your kingdom. When I was in high school, I um, I played soccer on the on the high school team, and I had a good time doing that. And uh, I, I usually played most of the time in the uh, defense in the back on the back line. and I was on the left side, and and the guy that played in front of me was a guy named Charlie. He was the same age as me, and he was a, a midfielder on the left midfielder. And so he was a really good soccer player, and he was a popular guy. He's smart. And he's funny. Um, And uh, he's a great teammate and a great competitor. And so we had a lot of fun playing near each other on the soccer field. Uh, Charlie also uh, was really good at trash talking. He would say all kinds of things to the other team to get in their heads and mess with them. And sometimes he'd even get in fights with other players. And I remember one game we were playing in, he was was talking back and forth with this guy on the other team, just jawing back and forth, and it was getting pretty ugly. And then right in front of the other team's bench, Charlie and the other guy got in a fight. Right, so I dove in try to help Charlie, and uh, you know what happens when you get in a fight at the other team's bench? The other team's bench jumps in and beats you up, right? And so, like, we absolutely got pummeled, right? And so uh, the refs are pulling everybody off each other. And I'm looking at Charlie, thanks for that, right? You know, not one of my best experiences in high school, but now looking back on it, it's one of my favorite stories. We survived that. We went through that together. It was awesome. Today I got a call from one of my friends in high school that said that this week Charlie died. And it was unexpected. I'm still dealing with that. And we lost kind of touch over the years, but you still feel close to to folks like that. And and it just makes me sad. It it, it reminds me like, we don't have to wait until the end of time, right, to meet God. We're not guaranteed tomorrow, right? And I know all of you in this room have lost people to death. and it was way too soon, right? And, and, and we missed them, And right? The, the only good news, the only hope that Charlie's family has right here tonight at Christmas with the death of their son is Jesus, is that Jesus is with us and Jesus holds us when we're hurting and somehow Jesus will get us through this, right? And so I say that by saying, right, as we prepare for Jesus, right, we don't have to wait till the end of time. Most of us are not going to see the end of time before we die. And so are we ready? Are we prepared because we have that relationship with Jesus? And I, I say this, right, not so that we'll get some magic ticket to heaven or we'll get a get-out-of-hell free card, right? I mean, those things are nice and everything, but right, it, it's about a relationship with God. Right? Jesus came into the world because he wants to be in a loving, personal relationship with us, with you and me, right? Jesus cares about every detail of your life. He cares about the good things that are happening. He's with you in the hard things. He's with you as you're struggling, right? It's about a relationship, right? One of the names for Jesus is Emmanuel. God is with us. God left heaven to come to the earth because you are so important. And heaven's going to be awesome, right? You know, none of us want to be in the brokenness of hell and broken relationships, right? And so Jesus came. And that same Jesus is here tonight. He wants to be in a loving, personal relationship with you. The God of the universe came for you. That is the gift and the good news tonight. We're going to read in just a few minutes some passages of Scripture that talk about how Jesus is the light, right? That that Jesus is the light in the darkness of the world. And I just wonder what darkness is going on in your life right now that you need Jesus to shine his light in. Open yourself to Jesus. Turn to Jesus and receive the light of Christ. That's the great good news that we have tonight. So what's the point tonight? What's the big idea? What's the takeaway? It's a question. And I've said it a little bit tonight. I'll say it again. Are you ready for Jesus? Are you ready for Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Are you ready for Jesus to be your friend? Are you ready for Jesus to be your confidant, your God? Are you ready for Jesus to offer you life to the full now and forever? Are you ready to let go of your baggage of guilt and shame? Are you ready to start living life as God has called you to live? Are you ready for Jesus? Right. And so just one action step that I encourage you to do is to turn to Jesus, Right? Turn to Jesus for the first time if you've never done that. Turn to Jesus if you're walking with him in a relationship and thank him for being born and for what he did on the cross. Right? Turn to Jesus with your fears. Turn to Jesus with your joys. Right? Turn to Jesus right? in my own life. Right? It, it, if I have something good that's happened, it doesn't feel real until I go to Jesus and say, Thank you. Thank you for what you've done for me. Right? When I'm struggling with a, a problem or I'm scared something's not right in my life, right? I just don't get any sense of peace until I turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, help me. And that's my wish for you, that you would have that same experience and encounter of Jesus Christ in your life. Are you ready for Jesus? Turn to Jesus right here and right now. You know, as we think about uh, Mary and Joseph getting ready for for Jesus, we think about John the Baptist getting ready for Jesus. We think about ourselves getting ready for Jesus in the second coming, right? I wonder about Jesus Himself, right? When, when Jesus was in heaven before He came to the earth, and I just you know I, I kind of in my own mind imagine like Jesus having a conversation with God the Father and the Holy Spirit, right? One God, but three persons, and maybe they're sitting around some heavenly kitchen table saying, "Hey, Jesus, you ready to go to earth?" Because you know it's going to be a little different than it is up here in heaven, and you know for a little while you're just going to be in this little—you're going to be an infant. You're going to be this fleshy mound, and you're—you're you're not going to be able to take care of yourself, and you're going to have to be totally dependent on someone else. And right, they're going to feed you and burp you, and you're going to poop your pants a lot, right? And they're going to have to defend you, and right. But but you're going to have great parents. Mary and Joseph are going to love you, and you're going to have a great cousin John. He's going to do everything he can to get people ready for you. And when you grow up, you're going to have all these friends that just do anything for you, they'll have your back. And you're going to make a difference. People are going to love you and you're going to teach them things that they never knew and and you're going to heal them when they're sick. You're going to cause those who can't see to be able to see again. Those who can't walk to walk. Those with skin disease to have it gone, right? You're going to raise people from the dead, Jesus, you're going you're gonna to turn water into wine, and you're going to walk on water, and you're going to have control over storms, and you're going to do all these miracles, and people will love you, and they're going to be people that don't, and some of your friends will walk away. They'll deny you. Some of your friends will betray you and turn you over. They'll be mean people who put you on trial and convict you of something that you've never done and... You're going to be arrested and you're going to be beaten and tortured and you're going to die a terrible death. Are you ready for that, Jesus? But then on the third day, you're going to come back to life and you're going to show that you have power over sin and guilt and shame and death and hell and you're going to give people life to the full and life forever. Are you ready for that, Jesus? And I can just imagine Jesus sitting at that heavenly kitchen table saying, Let's go! That's my mission. That's why I'm here. I love every person now and every person that's ever going to be born. And that's what I'm going to do. I am ready, right? Jesus is ready. Are you ready for Jesus? Because he's ready for you. Turn to Jesus and have the merriest Christmas ever. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.